My name is Kevin Tony, and you're now listening to the Uncommon Sense Podcast. You know what? Today, I'm just thankful to be alive more than anything. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Uncommon Sense Podcast. Thank you for tapping in. I'm just grateful, man. I'm grateful to be alive. It's um, it's just a good time. You know, God is, is good. That's all I can say. And I think that's enough. Um, It's a lot happening. First of all, I got to give a shout out to Shamika Michelle for appearing on the last episode. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, please do. Um, it was a great conversation and um i'm i'm just i'm just hyped that she was able to come on the show so shout out to her support her on social media if you can she's a dope follow and i i guarantee you'll enjoy the content uh that she brings forth so looking forward to having her back on the show in the future but uh everything that's going on since last week's episode you had right now the the biggest thing in in the news that's happening is the Tyree Nichols incident that happened over the weekend. And it didn't happen over the weekend. If you didn't, if you don't know, uh, Tyree Nichols is a young man from, or he was a young man from Memphis, 29 years old traffic stop on January 7th of this year. He was pulled over by officers Allegedly, uh, he resisted, he fled, he ran from the police. They caught up to him, they tased him. When they tased him, they say he reached and tried to take one of the officer's guns. And, you know, the officers put hands on him. Now, that sounds like a typical story, but this, the difference with this one is it was five officers on one young 29-year-old man five officers and in this instance the police officers were black all five of them were black so this was a case of a young black man stopped beaten by black officers and unfortunately um the young man he died from his injuries three days later in the hospital and so what happened was the city of memphis released the body cam footage over this past weekend. And as you would expect, there there's outrage everywhere. And I understand that. I do. And I and I and I agree that there should be outrage. And I want to talk about briefly what kind of responses I've seen, how the images that I saw, I I did watch the body cam footage by default because it was on my feed. I couldn't scroll on Instagram without seeing it from somewhere. And it was bad. But to me, the worst part of there were, there were two videos that were circulating around. If you haven't had a chance to look at them, I don't, I mean, I don't necessarily suggest that you do unless, you know, you can handle that kind of thing because it it, it is hard to watch these videos. They're just hard to watch. You know, the, the the potential taking of a life 
of anybody is not easy to watch in real life, but it's, it's wild how we can watch it in a movie <laughs> and it's no thing. I think it's the fact that we know it's not real that, you know, let's, let's us wrap our minds around, you know, what, what we're seeing. But when you can see those things and you know that, Hey, somebody actually died from this. It's, it's hard. It's hard to internalize and it's hard to make sense of it. So I, I saw the footage but the 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 second piece of footage that came out this this is the part that really bothered me the part that really got under my skin was after they subdued Tyree Nichols there was video of the officers they were talking to each other after the arrest was made and they were laughing they were making jokes they were talking junk about you know what they did to Tyree they were you know, looking for approval from the other officers. Like, man, did you see how you see him tried to grab my gun? You see how I had to punch him? I had to hit him with blah, blah. You know, they were making fun of or making very light of the situation. And, you know, hindsight being 2020, I'm sure these officers, because at the time that all of this happened, Tyree Nichols was very much alive, although he was, you know, badly injured. They didn't understand the extent of his injuries or what they had done. The physical damage they had done to them, they had they had no knowledge of it. So they just felt like, hey, we had to get rough with somebody we were trying to apprehend. And sometimes that's how it goes. And so they figured, you know, he would get medical attention and he would be okay. That's the only explanation that I can come up with to show why these guys would be talking and laughing and joking the way they were now I'm sure that you know in these instances in the immediate aftermath you know what I mean when something when something goes sideways that you know a natural reaction sometimes is humor in in you know traumatizing situations and I imagine that this happens a lot um, in law enforcement scenarios where something like this occurs. You know, some people use humor to take the edge off. And maybe that's what was happening here. Either way, it was it was distasteful. And to hear it on camera, I felt the way. I'm, I'm not even going to lie. It was just kind of like, wow, man, y'all really, <laughs> man, y'all going to joke about it. All right. So. The city of Memphis did the right thing. The punishment for these officers, it came fast. I mean, it it came real fast. This happened January 7th. They were put on administrative leave right away. Administrative leave was immediately followed by them being terminated, and all five of them were charged with murder. Now, news came out today that a sixth officer has been charged or has been fired. And um, also been charged, but not with murder. He was involved. They haven't said what his involvement was. It, he wasn't one of the five that, you know, inflicted any pain to, to Tyree Nichols. But a sixth officer has been fired and charged. They didn't, They. I'm not clear on what the charges are, but it's not murder. And that is the response that should happen you know, in these, in these instances, when 
there's there's outrage when it's a long drawn out process when something like this happens and while they're trying to investigate there's you know administrative leave that lasts for a couple of months while they investigate they do a grand jury before somebody's formally charged if if they're formally charged based on whatever results come from the grand jury that comes you know that that's formed but but this was quick. This this was all wrapped up within a matter of, you know, a couple of weeks at best from the process of them being fired or administrative, you know, suspended, fired, charged with murder. And they were, you know, the, the footage was released on Friday. And so the idea is how is the community and by community i mean the black community because it's it's just part and parcel with how we respond in a reactionary meaning uh you know in a reactionary a reactionary manner it's part and parcel how we respond and that's that's the concern people want to know well what's the black community going to say when they see this because we know when it's the other way around and it's a white officer and a black guy, the city's going to get tore up. Something's going to get burned down. There's going to be a lot of property damage. A lot of people are going to be, you know, wounded, uh, go to the hospital. Everybody just goes back to the summer of 2020. That was the summer of George Floyd, you know, the rise of BLM. And so everybody's wondering, you know, they released the footage on Friday, which I think all of that is by design. It's interesting. It's, it's it's interesting that they wait. They always wait till Friday, Friday evening, like late, late afternoon, early evening. It's like when you're getting ready to get fired from your job. They wait till Friday around like three o'clock to call you in the office three or three thirty, you know, going into four o'clock where you've worked the whole day. You have no idea what's coming down that you're getting ready to lose your job and they just kind of wait. And so. <laughs> I think it's by design that they they do that. And so the idea is, you know, well, are they going to riot? Are they going to protest? Is BLM going to show up? Is Black Lives Matter going to pull up on the scene? Is Antifa going to come? Because these were all the characters who played a part in every time there's an incident like this and we have this outcry from the community. Black Lives Matter is at the forefront. Antifa shows up. And if you don't know anything about Antifa, I encourage you to just do some research and and find out what type of organization they are and what they do, how they operate. And basically what happens is these people come in from outside the city. They don't live in Memphis. Most of them don't even live in Tennessee. They organize. They send people into these areas where... The tension is high, you know, ground zero for whatever's going on. And these people are sent in to agitate the atmosphere and cause disruption. It's a fact. It's always people who are not from the city. And I'll give you an example of that. This was something that was in the news a a couple of weeks ago, and it was in and out of the news cycle extremely quickly because it was handled properly. And when it's handled properly and it doesn't fit the narrative, the news does not cover it. And so these stories are easy to miss. But a couple of weeks ago in Atlanta, 
there was an officer-involved shooting where uh, the city of Atlanta right now is, is, is spending their, their money to they're, – they're building a multimillion-dollar police compound, right, that's supposed to, you know, be a better training facility. It's supposed to offer more resources for officers. They're trying to bolster up morale in the city of Atlanta after it, it was depleted, you know, during that whole – George Floyd, Rashard Brooks window, Ahmaud Arbery window of 2020 where all of this stuff happened. And, you know, Atlanta really got, you know, hit not as bad as, you know, Minneapolis, but there was a lot happening in in the Atlanta area. And morale with police were, man, it was was at an all-time low in the city. They had uh, a, a lot of officers took early retirement because they just didn't want to deal with the flack that they were getting from the general public. You had officers that were calling in sick in groups. So that was kind of stretching the city thin in terms of, you know, coverage they needed for, you know, first responders where police were, you know, matters were concerned. Crime went through the roof in Atlanta. It was bad. And Atlanta being someplace that used to be home for me, I still have a lot of friends there that would tell me, how bad it, the city has gotten. So this cops, they, 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 the police compound has been labeled cop city because it's a massive, it's a massive, uh, you know, structure. And, you know, some people there are protesting it and they were Antifa. Antifa was there to protest and police went in a couple weeks ago to clear out the protesters one of the protesters pulls a gun. He shoots one of the officers in the chest. And several officers return fire, killing him. They, they, you know, they killed this guy. And so Antifa decided they were going to ret- retaliate. They were calling for violence, open violence against police officers in Atlanta. It was like a, <laughs> it was a green light on site situation for police officers in Atlanta if you were Antifa, and they were they were targeting officers and so the mayor of Atlanta you know came out and he publicly made it known right away that these people who were causing all of this confusion they're not citizens of Atlanta they're not even citizens of the state of Georgia they just come in from other places to agitate and disrupt what's happening and that is the tool of Antifa they come in they they make a mess. They throw a rock in a glass house and then they take off running. So the damage is done and the people who actually live in these places are left holding the bag. And so I was, you know, with, with the whole Tyree Nichols thing, I wanted to know, is BLM going to pull up? Is Antifa going to pull up? Is this going to be, you know, are black people going to respond? Are they going to call for the same? You know, I wanted to know, are, are we going to keep the same energy? And to me, this was the test. And, you know, there were protests over the weekend. You know, several protests were organized across the city. And they were what they call mostly peaceful. They, they, you know, it was no, no real incident. I think at this point, people were just gathering. But here's the thing. You know, they, they protested, you know, before the protests were organized and, and they came down these officers had already been charged with murder. So it was it was an open and shut case that they were charged. So justice had been served. But we still had to go out and, 
and get in the streets, I guess. It's it's I feel like it's it's a it's a package, like it's a kit that comes with all of this stuff in terms of how we respond to these to these incidences, you know, in America. And when it was happening in 2020, the riots, you know, Derek Chauvin hadn't been he really hadn't been charged yet in the heat of everything that was happening with um, what happened with George Floyd. And that was why we saw a lot of the things that we saw. Like he wasn't, he hadn't been charged yet. Everybody was in their feelings. They were angry. You know, people felt a way about seeing what happened to George Floyd. The people that saw, you know, the the minute and the eight minute and 46 second video, people who saw the longer video felt differently about what happened. But not very many people saw the longer video because they didn't want to. That's another conversation. That's another, that's a whole other topic. But in that case, you know, the city of Minneapolis, they did not move quickly. They waited and the riots went on. The city got destroyed. Uh, even to this day, you know, two years later, almost, you know, you know, two and a half years later, those parts of the city are still like completely damaged and they'll probably never recover. It's wild because if you go through Detroit, in certain parts of Detroit, you can still see the effects of the 67 riots. That's, <laughs> and we're talking about that far back, you know, the evidence, the, you know, the remnant, the remains of those riots are still like, it still looks like it happened last week. They just never, it just never recovered. And so Minneapolis is, you know, that section of town is going to be, and that, you know, it's, it's going to be the same way. And it's unfortunate. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that the city of Memphis responded as quickly as they did. And the legal side of it is, you know, it's, it's moving forward. As it should. The, what, what these officers did was wrong. It's wrong when black officers do it. It's wrong when white officers do it. It is wrong when these officers go too far. And it's all kind of rumors that are out about, you know, what's happening with these officers. Uh, I saw something just before I started this podcast that says that one of the officers intentionally targeted Tyree Nichols because Tyree Nichols is messing around with his ex-girlfriend. And so... Man, it's just, I, I, and I hope that's not true. You know, that's that's speculation, and those are the kind of things that don't help the situation at all. They make the officers look worse. You know, they they just, it's just bad all around. But these are the, you know, this is the stuff that happens, man. The scrutiny that comes with these situations, where people start really kind of peeling back the layers, and you start finding out stuff. You know that that just kind of makes it worse, and so. I think, you know, now with these conversations, the politicians want to get in and now it's time to talk about police reform. And I had a conversation with a friend of mine on the Skeptics Over Everything podcast, which you will hear if you haven't uh, subscribed to that podcast. It's a shameless plug to go check it out. Uh, we, we discussed this and my opinion about police reform has changed a little bit, you know. I wasn't quite sure what police reform should look like, but I've I've kind of now taken 
the mindset that police reform should begin at the academy level. And I really need to do some research to find out how long, like if I, if I enrolled in the police academy, how long do I, am I in, in the academy before I'm able to, you know, graduate from the academy and then start active duty on the street? I I don't know what that process is, how many weeks or months it is, but I think the reform needs to happen on the academy level. I, I, and if, if I could, and I need to see if I can find a police officer that will come on the show that will discuss this with me. I have somebody in mind that I'll reach out to. But if it was up to me, I think that the police academy would, would, would take no less than one year. A lot of the classes that would be required in order to graduate, you would have to take legal courses. There would have to be hand-to-hand combat uh, classes. You know, because I think one of the things that happens with these officers, man, is a lot of them, they can't fight. They're not really in shape. They really don't want the problems with with these uh, people on the street because they're not in a physical condition to chase them down. And so if you can't chase them down, then, you you know, what do you have left? You got your taser, you got your service weapon. And those are the tools at their disposal. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't have those tools. I think they should. I think that that's a part of it. You know what I mean? Uh, and I'm not against police. I'm all for police support because for me, if something happens to me or my family or my personal property, without question, I'm calling the police immediately. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, it's not, it's not even up for discussion. I have friends that, and people that I know um, I've met and, and had conversations with over the years they're anti-police. They don't trust the police. They don't, you know, they don't want anything to do, you know. But my thing is, when it comes to certain things, there's no avoiding the police. There's no avoiding law enforcement. So I, I'm of the mind that there are more officers out there that want to do the right thing than more officers out there that are looking to do the wrong thing. And there are some bad actors. There are. There are they're bad actors. I've said this before. They're bad actors in every profession. So I I don't I you know I wish this this hadn't happened. And I don't know why, you know, Tyree Nichols why he felt the need to run from police. I I just feel like, you know, these guys they think it can't happen to them. And when you think it can't happen to you, that's when it happens to you. Usually that's that's you know f- from what I've seen. When you think it can't happen to you, that's when it happens to you. So I don't I don't know what, you know, we'll never know. We'll never hear his side of the story. All we have is the body cam footage. We'll never get his reaction. And it's shameful because, man, you have several families now that have been, you know, more than likely destroyed because of the foolish actions of a large group of people that, you know, it probably really didn't have to go this way. Tyree Nichols was, you know, just coming into the prime of his life at 29 years old. Man, I remember when I was 29 and I was getting ready to turn 30, man. I was just thinking about the changes that I was getting ready to, you know, go through and looking at the changes that I had come out of in my 20s. And, you know, the the promises and possibilities of life ahead, you know, was really all I could think about. And to know that you got people every day, man, that are just, you know, they wake up 
and you know tomorrow is not promised so that's why I started the show off today by saying I'm just thankful to be alive you know God is good he's merciful and and I'm I'm just grateful you know that that he's kept me he's kept my family and um you know he he gives me wisdom on how to how to make moves in this society so that I can make it home to my family and um man it's just it's tragic so prayers go out to the Nichols family prayers go out to the families of these officers too man they need they need prayer they need redemption they need forgiveness that's I said it they even need forgiveness for what they did because it was wrong and their lives are destroyed they they I'm sure you know uh, I, I'm probably make the assumption that a lot of these officers have children I don't know if they're married or if they have you know girlfriends at home or you know and and now all of that stuff has been upended because of a lack of training, a lack of sensitivity to what was happening, a lack of ability to de-escalate a situation. And I'm going to tell you something, five against one, that's not fair anywhere in the world. I don't care. Unless you're Bruce Lee or Jet Lee or Steven Seagal or something like that, nowhere in the world is five against one fair. And it looked like, I'm going to tell you exactly what that video looked like. It didn't look like Rodney King. Some people thought it you know, reminded him of the Rodney King, you know, beating, but man, it looked like a gang initiation. It looked like a straight up beat down and it was bad. So I hope we can learn from this. I hope that young people, young men, even young women out there, man, I'm starting to fear for some of these sisters out here because the miles on some of these women is wild and that's another topic as well to talk about. I mean, the, the, the way, you know, the way these, these women talk disrespectfully. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I, I just hope that we'll learn to maneuver differently and, and make better choices and make, you know, my uncle calls them quality decisions. So wherever you're listening, I hope you are safe and, and you're glad to be alive. Cherish the, the moments you know, with your family and friends, because, you know, like I said, tomorrow is not promised. I wish um, that that everybody can just heal from this situation with Tyree Nichols because it's it's a tough one. They're all kind of tough to deal with. And so um, I think, you know, we just need to come together. That's easier said than done because, you know, there's big money in the divisiveness of, you know, keeping us all separated. And uh, race hustling is a big thing. It's profitable and business is good, especially in America. So uh, with that, I will I'm going to tap out here. Uh, I hope that you will continue to listen, share the podcast with your family and your friends. You can send me an email at uncommon sense with KT at Gmail dot com. If you have any questions, send me an email. Let me know what your thoughts about Tyree Nichols were. I also want some feedback. If you listen to the Shamika Michelle episode, let me know what you thought of it. You know, I have my own opinions about how the um, conversation went, uh, but I was, you know, overall extremely pleased. So, hey, listen, uh, I appreciate you for tapping in again. And remember, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, common sense is uncommon. Peace. Peace.